What's up, listeners? Good morning. Good afternoon. And good evening. Whenever you are listening to That's this. That's your choice. That, that, it, it, it's, it's 100% their choice. You, do, you, you listen to this whenever you want. You listen to this whenever you want to. Uh, well, hey, we're excited. This is officially episode number one. Number one. Not zero, not negative, not We don't intro. have any confusion about what number this one is. This one is one. Nailed it. Episode one is what we are at here. So we're excited about this. Um, like we said, we are k- kicking off episode one with mm-hmm. a four-week series mm-hmm. on the seven I am statements of Jesus found in John. Mm-hmm. Um, if you didn't listen to our intro podcast, my name is Justin Peach. Chris Richardson. Yeah, and we're just two dudes who love Jesus, who like to talk, mm-hmm. and we like to read the Bible and figure it out and just see how, just see what we're doing. Yeah. Just kind of figuring it out. And so that's yeah. what we're going to do in this 7 I Am statements. We hope to be about 30, 35 minutes long podcast. We don't want to be crazy long. Um, but with that, let's go and jump in it. Let's do it. So like many subjects and stories and things that we try to study, it is always helpful. And you brought this up. It's always helpful to maybe look at the bigger picture right. first yeah. instead yeah. of just like, Verse 12 or verse 20, let me just get that. Like, we can be so focused, we can be so um, blinders on to just one thing that we kind of miss the greater picture yeah. of what is being said or what the situation may be. So, yeah. not just in John. So, we're going to be in John 6. Yes. If you want to turn your Bible to it, if you're at home, we're going to be in John 6. But even the book of John, right, yeah, no is doubt. a little unique in itself. Yeah, for sure. So, there's four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Um, and the first three that I just named, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, those are all really similar. They're actually grouped together and have a, a common name. They're called the Synoptic Gospels. Similar. And yeah, if you read through those, especially if you read through them sort of um, at the same time. So like if I start in Matthew, Mark, and Luke and kind of read through those books together, you're going to uh-huh. see the same stories told from the same perspectives kind of over and over again. And that's really cool that you kind of have these collaborative stories. And just to kind of put some numbers to it, 90% of the stories in Mark Mm -hmm. appear also in Matthew or Luke. So that's a really big number. That's a big one. I saw a meme or something that I mentioned before that it was like a teacher saying, Matthew, Mark, Luke, come and see me in the office. Your papers are way too similar. Like you guys, someone cheated on each other, right? Yeah, that's right. So, yeah. um, but then you got this fourth gospel and it's a gospel of John. It's rogue. And, and it's called, it is even known as the Maverick gospel. Um, that's a and, dope name. You know, if you look at the history of how the Bible was written mm-hmm. and how it came together, John was written much later yeah. um, than the other three gospels. And so you can tell that there's been this, uh, a steeping, uh, a marination of the story over years. So John just has this really rich view of who Christ was and is, mm-hmm. and what this whole thing was about. Maybe a little, a little deeper theological perspective than Matthew, Mark, and Luke, just yeah. because they wrote these like right after, you know, Boom. very close yeah, to, very... to when it happened, and they're still dealing with and reeling over like this crazy story of what just happened. But John, the wise old John later in his life 
upon reflection, was able to sit down and write this beautiful, poetic, uh, deeply theological book of his retelling of the gospel. Yeah. So as you look, if you were to fast forward to John 20, John 20, 31, that kind of gives you, if you're kind of looking at what is what is the thesis? What is the yeah. reason for this? Right. And it says, these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ. And that's what his whole book is about is yeah. for you to understand who Jesus is, what his title, what his role, mm-hmm. what everything is, who he's connected to and all that. And not that Matthew, Mark and Luke don't do that, yeah. but like, this is very, seems very specific and intentional in what he's doing yeah. of get to know who he is yeah so you've got these i also kind of think about john as like hitting the lottery because you got these seven seven sevens you got a lot of yeah you got you got uh seven titles that are given to jesus Mm -hmm. through the course of the book of john you have these seven signs or miracles Miracles, that jesus performs and then you have these seven i am statements and that's what we're going to take a specific look at it but you just hit the most important part um with these seven titles given to jesus People try to label him as one thing, but he's not. He's God. He's Christ. And that's and John pays that off at the end of his book. With these yeah. seven signs, people think he's doing this one thing, but he's doing something completely different. And John tells you why. So that you'll know he's the Christ. <laughs> and with these seven I am statements, people think he's something else, and he says, I am, I Blank. am. Yeah, I am. <laughs> right? And, and I just love that John doesn't mince words at the end of this, this beautifully written book. And he says, I told you all these things. Jesus did all these things and he said all these things so that you would know and believe that he is who he says he was. Yeah. And it's maybe we'll do some other series on those other sevens, the miracles and stuff like that. That'd be cool to kind of get down the road. Um, We'll put it on our dream board. Yeah, there you go. we don't have one, but we need to get one. <laughs> we have a we have a theoretical dream board. We have a theoretical dream board, but okay, all this in John. That was a lot yeah. of, or not even a lot. That was just some backstory and just how rich John is in that. There's another quick thing that I almost want to talk about is that the 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 definition of kind of I am. Mm. So when Jesus calls himself this, we just kind of read it and go, "Oh, I am the bread of life." Mm-hmm. But for his audience back then, that that holds so much weight, mm-hmm. right? So you go all the way back to Exodus 3, and you have Moses at the burning bush talking to God. Moses says, um, so who do I tell them, or so who do I say gave me these commandments? And God says, tell them, I am mm. sent you. Yeah. I am gave you these. And... The root word in that, you know, that's kind of where we get Yahweh, this mm. idea of just I am. And for me, I think that's one of the most cooling and balling, <laughs> cool, balling statements in the Bible is like, I am. I am more than you know. I am more than your brain can handle. I am everything. You try to put me in the box. No. Thank, I'm, I'm the box. I am the box. <laughs> I am the box. And God just kind of lays it out. So when Jesus, fast forward to John. When Jesus says, I am, it's the same word. Mm. And his audience would have been like, wait a minute, mm. wait a minute. Which when we actually look at John 8, he is still calling himself I am. And they get so mad, they try to stone him. Yeah, They're like, oh, you're putting yourself on God's level? And he's like, well, yeah. 
Yeah, so that's kind of who I am. You've got these seven I am statements. I'm just going to spoiler alert. Here's the seven statements I am the bread of life, I am the light of the world, I am the gate for the sheep, I am the good shepherd, I am the resurrection and the life, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and I am the true vine. And it's like every one of these statements, they, all, the, all the Jews are looking around and they go, did he just, was that, <laughs> did, did, he did he say? Okay. And then Seven to be times? absolutely clear, you just, you just landed on it in John 8 at the end of one of these back and forths. He just finally outs with exactly what he says. And truly, I tell you, before Abraham was, yeah. Yahweh. <laughs> And then they wanted to kill him. And they said, say what? Let's yeah. go and try to kill you. So they picked up stones and Jesus hid and got out of there. <laughs> Ran away. But again, for us, it just doesn't hold that much weight. Yeah. This would read it. But for them, it would have been very, and it was very problematic right. of this deal here. Mm-hmm. All right. So as we jump in, John 6, we give a little backstory of the I am, a little backstory of John and just the whole setting of that and the I am stuff. Yeah. But again, let's not pinpoint one verse and go down. Yeah. We kind of need it. It's almost like a funnel. Yeah. You need to start big and funnel your way down to a point. And um, instead of reading 622, I think we should go back and look at 61. Yeah, for sure. And it's this idea of um, the bigger story of you can't read the I am the bread of life without feeding of the 5,000 without the Passover and without what all is going on right here. Yeah, for sure. So, um, you know, in our preparation for this and we've, we've kind of talked through this topic a couple of times now, it is so clear that this whole chapter six is meant to be read as one continuous string of events. Okay. Because if you just read, um, this this uh, back and forth um, with the I am the bread of life statement, you're going to take something away from that. But if you miss the mm-hmm. whole um, that this is taking place during Passover, and if you miss the whole feeding of the 5,000 yeah. and how these things stack on top of one another, you're going to miss certain elements of this story. So it, it is important to kind of set the scene. Mm-hmm. This is happening during the time of Passover um, which, as as you know or you may not know, yeah, um, is a, a ritual meal that happened once a year where the Jewish people retell the Exodus story, mm-hmm. and the way it's retold is through a meal. It's yeah. through the eating of lamb and bread and wine. So you got to have that frame you, you, that's, around that's the story. That's a huge backstory framework to see all of this. How how Jesus uses, again, I think he's the greatest youth minister around. <laughs> he uses what's around him as an illustrator of, let me talk about this and this. Yeah. But um, yeah, so um, a very, very famous story. Okay. No, go ahead. Yeah, a very, very famous story in John 6. Yes. So you may have heard this before. You may not. If you've gone to church, if not, you probably have heard of this story. Yeah. Uh, if you've ever been in a children's ministry, you've Hundred percent heard this story. <laughs> Absolutely, but but with the frame that everybody's thinking about food, there were there were preparations that were made for Passover. There was work that had to be done, yes. and everybody's thinking about food. And now Jesus has this huge crowd of people 
that have come to hear him teach. And then they're hungry, right? And they're hungry. And then they're hungry because right. the disciples say, hey, it's getting late, Jesus. Why don't we send them away? Mm-hmm. Why don't we let them go eat? Why don't we let them? And they're like, no, you feed them. Yep. Right? And it's this miracle of taking this fish and this bread, and it multiplies and multiplies. Yep. There's, what, 12 baskets left over? Yeah. Um, it's just a ton of food. Yeah. And so they have this stuff, and then they're, and they're done, and Jesus feeds them. Yeah. And then... Uh, Again, there's a deal in this that we're going to, uh, this thread of misunderstanding uh-huh. kind of occurs in what we're going to talk about yeah. um, today. But so this is the, this is, they, we talked about, we talked about seven signs in the book yeah. of John. This is the fourth of those seven signs. Mm-hmm. And he feeds these people and immediately they're confused. <laughs> yes. So the story ends with Jesus retreating to the mountains because they wanted to take him by force. That's what the Bible said. They're going Six, to like force him to be their king. Here you go, 614. Yeah. When the people saw the sign, when the people saw the sign that he had done, they said, this is indeed the prophet who is to come into the world. Verse 15. Perceiving then that they were about to come and take him by force <laughs> to make him king. Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by himself. So again, yeah. they saw this and needed to go. And they're like, this is the prophet. We yeah. need to get him. They're misunderstanding what's happening. Yeah. And they were literally by force, which I don't know how you do that. Yeah, You're the king. And like, okay. <laughs> sure. Well, so um, this is going to be a recurring theme in all of these seven I am statements. Um, Jesus is going to confront the the religious and social and sort of political misconceptions about who he is and what the work he came to do and he's going to kind of like peel the layers back yeah, on what the kingdom bit. of God is really like. Yes. Each one of these statements is another layer and another layer and and they all come on the heels of a misunderstanding. Jesus makes an I am statement which reveals the true yes. nature of who he is and what he All these I am statements there is this misunderstanding. I think mm-hmm. you're talking about peeling the layers back on the kingdom of God and what we think it should be, mm-hmm. what we may want it to be yeah. or believe what it should be. And mm-hmm. like, no, this is it. Yep. Just like them saying, we're going to force you to be king. <laughs> them forcing them to say, no, kingdom of God is going to be what we think it should be. And it's God, Jesus is saying, here's what it truly is. Right. Here is what it truly is. So, they try to get him. He sends the disciples away uh-huh. and says, you guys go. Yeah. I will come with you later. Yep. Right? So, yeah, so then you have this weird sort of buffer story in yeah. between the feeding of the 5,000 and then where we're going to go next. And so Jesus has sent the disciples off in a boat. He did not go with them. No. They wake up in the middle of the night. They see Jesus walking on the water. They're terrified. As you should be. Like, right? Yes. I would be terrified. Uh, like, what is going on? Until he gets close to the boat, and he's like, yo, it's me, Jesus. And they're like, dude, all right, get in the boat. Yeah. And then, like, magically, they're where... Yeah, verse, like, 21, then they were glad to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat was at the land, which, I like, come on now. Yeah. That's pretty... That is this one of the miracles? Because it sounds like it. I, I sometimes want to know, like, what... The what they perceived to be happening. So you know, like when he yeah. fed the five thousand, was it like 
I break off a piece of bread and immediately that piece just shows back up and just, or, or did it not even it what did they didn't even perceive what was happening it just like there was just more and more food yeah it was like just more about, like, like hey someone else is filling these baskets up <laughs> yeah but it just keeps filling up yeah like what what kind of um yeah, just how you perceive it. Then, like, you're immediately there. Then yeah, like, was it like water. a time warp? Or, like, did the boat get some jet engines or something? Then all of a sudden it was like, boom. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. I think so. a time warp. Anyway. You know, so. All right, 622. Now, now we've come to this, to this moment where these crowds. So these are the same people. It's important to understand that these are the same people that he had fed the day before. Because they rushed over to him. They're frantically, frantically searching for yes, him. Yes, they got in their boats and like, we're going to get this Jesus. This is awesome. But why are they looking for him? Hmm, dum, dum, dum. Are they hungry? See. Is Jesus their all-you-can-eat buffet? See. Right? And yeah. so they find him, and they call out to him. They say, teacher, rabbi, where'd you go? What, what is he actually? You got, the, you got it in front of you. What okay. do they say? On the next day, the crowd remained on the side and saw other boats, Tiberius. Uh, when they found him on the other side, verse 25, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Yeah. Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Yeah. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures uh, to eternal life, which is a son of man, will give to you. For on him, God the Father has set his seal. So they're kind of sly. They roll up in the boats and they're like, teacher. Oh, what's up, Rabbi? Where'd you go? And Jesus is going to have none of the confusion. He has a heart and, to heart. And he confronts them right off. Like he, he didn't even say, yep, yeah, I'm, I'm Hey, glad y'all came again. Yeah. <laughs> he just comes straight at him and he says, I fed you to show you a sign, but you're not looking for me because you understood what that sign meant or who I am or what I'm doing. You're looking for me because I fed you and you got full. Yes. Your stomachs were full. Yeah. Right off the bat. He's like, here's what you need. Here's what you think you need. Here's why you're here. Right. It's not for the true intention of, hey, I'm the rabbi. It's you just want your fill, right? right? You just want to eat. That is why that you are here. And so, you know, we talk a little bit about in my translation, it says, truly, truly, I say to you, there's this idea of saying something twice in the mm -hmm. Bible. Yeah. Usually that means we need to perk up and listen. Yep. Like if it's said twice like that, there's something important coming after it or right before it. Yep. Um, and that word is translated and typically used to like amen. Yeah. It's like amen, amen. We don't use that amen. We use it after a prayer. But this was like, get your attention. Yeah. Truly, truly. And in the, and this only happens in the book of John, mm -hmm. where we see this over and over again. Matthew, Mark, and Luke don't have this double. But in John, it's said over 25 times. Right. Truly, truly. Listen, listen. and it, it's, it's a little marker from John, the author, to this is a key statement. Yes. Write this down. Pay Perk attention. Up, underline this. Yes. Listen to what is going to be said before and after this. Right. Um, with that. All right. So he's there with them. And again, this idea of they think they know or they, they're there to get food. Yeah. Hey, cool. Jesus calls them out immediately. Yeah. 
Um, and, and then they, they move. So first they uh, come at him with their stomachs, for, for lack of a better way yes. to describe that. They come at him with their appetite, with their hunger. Jesus shuts that down pretty quick. So now they're like, all right, well, maybe if he's not going to feed us, what other cool trick can he do? What other cool magic can he do? That was pretty cool how he turned all that little bit of food into They're a lot of bit of food. Yeah. What else you got? They They're say, what, to see some of my David Copperfield stuff. Like, what, what can we do to perform the works of God? They ask, and Jesus says, "This is the work of God." So you're not gonna you're you're not gonna get a magic show here. The work of God is that you believe in the one He has sent. Then they say, "What sign then?" What sign then yeah. are you going to do so that we may see and believe you? What are you going to perform? <laughs> so what they are you going to do, man? They're just out with it. Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness just as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. But Jesus says, truly, I tell you, Moses didn't give you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. So... Come at him with their stomachs. Yeah. Jesus shuts it down. They come at him for a magic trick. Jesus, Jesus shuts, shuts them down. down. Now they're starting to just pick up on what he's saying. At least they're they're at least thinking spiritually and they're trying to connect him to to Moses, to Moses as a prophet. And again, Passover on the brain, right? Passover on the mind. Exactly. Of this well, we know the manna from heaven that that God gave in the mm-hmm. wilderness that Moses had and and again, Jesus is just putting it back like, Moses didn't do that. We right. know it was God. Yeah, so even even in trying to get on the right track, they have uh, misidentified where the blessing yes. came from. Yes. They forgot that Moses was a servant and a prophet yes. of the living God, not the one who's conjuring up bread from heaven. They're more interested in the gift and not the giver. Yes. They're wanting that gift. Yeah, let me see, right. let me see, but not like this is this didn't come from Moses. This didn't come from you. This didn't come this only comes from God. And so whatever yeah. you have, you got to know where the source is. Yeah. So Jesus says Moses didn't give you bread. My father gave you bread. And guess what? He's doing it again right now. He's doing it right now. And this is the bread of God that's going to give life to the world. Newsflash. They still don't get it. They still they still think he's talking about bread. It's hard for us because we have the Bible and we can look back and read it. And, uh, you know, we have it cover to cover. Yeah. But they're living in the middle of this. Yeah. And so in a deep cultural context, it's like you're saying, like Passover's on the brain. They're talking about this, ex, yes. you know, like this Exodus experience where God fed them out of heaven. So many times we, uh, we, me, myself, and I, when I read this, I get pretty hard on these people or yeah. on the disciples mm. and everyone being like, "Don't you get it?" Yeah. But again, they're in the middle of this. Yeah. Like they don't have the luxury of having Genesis to Revelation and having the whole book mm-hmm. to kind of see and to see all the angles and to see where it's at. Yeah. Um, and you can almost feel a little frustration with Jesus here. Yeah. Of like, come on, guys. Yeah. Come on. I want you to get this. Yeah. And he's kind of walking them alongside this deal yeah. of, of who you think I am, why you think you want me and need me uh-huh. or want a bread or you want a sign or you yeah. want me to be this. 
my God is much more and I am much more. I right. promise you that. Yeah. So he sa- he makes a statement and then they reply with, sir, give us this bread always. And I think at this point, Jesus ratchets up the 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 level at yes. which he's coming at this. And Jesus says, I'm the bread of life. I'm the bread of life. Listen, I am the bread of life, right? So this is the I am statement that we're we're looking at today. Jesus told them, no one who comes to me will ever be hungry, and no one who believes in me will ever be thirsty again. But as I told you, you've seen me, and yet you do not believe me. And then he goes on to say a bit more there. But whoever comes to me shall know, shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Again, Jesus so smart in how he does a lot of these things, but yeah. he uses something that is one on their mind mm. because of the cultural, just like festival that's going around with right. the Passover meal. He uses something that every single person needs mm. food and drink. Right. And they're going to him wanting more food and drink. Right. They're, hey, show me this. We want this. Maybe, again, they're led with their stomachs. Yeah. But then they're just led with, we want to see something cool from a yeah. cool magician. But Jesus uses that at the core and was like, you want food. Yeah. You want drink. You will never go hungry. You will never go thirsty. And he mm. said that before with the woman at the well, right? Yeah. Like, you want this water, but how about you want a water that will that you'll never go thirsty? Just yeah. like, show me that. And here he kind of does the same thing. Yeah. The exact same thing. Going at to what is the true core that is a true thing from like what we need to live, and he's saying, what you think you need to live, yeah, is not it. Yeah, so I am what you need to live. I mean, we we understand hunger. Um, that's that's a that's a feeling and experience that we can relate to. We mm-hmm. understand thirst um, to a certain extent, and so like to connect the need for union with Christ with that feeling is brilliant. Here. Yes. Because um, just like if I eat until I'm sick, in a couple hours, I'm still going to want to eat again. Yeah. That it, There's no limit to... You've been to a Chinese restaurant. I've, we've been to one together. Multiple times. <laughs> yes. You hit, that, you hit that limit and you're like, well, I'm never eating again. But then two or three hours later, you're like, I could eat. You know, yeah, it's the same way. We don't get filled up with Jesus one time, like we sit down for a meal yeah. three times a day. Most of us, we sit down and we experience His presence, and we never get enough. As soon as we're full, that tank starts to empty again, and we've got to sit down and get full again. So, how are we making space in our lives to be filled with the bread of life? And this is a daily, hourly, minute journey that we're on all right. the time. Yeah. Um, you know, we said this in our intro video of us just trying to learn the Bible and us read it and try to figure it out. You never stop doing that. Yeah. No matter how old you are yeah. or whatever, we, we still have to do that. And so I love that question of how are you feeding yourself daily? Mm-hmm. And then what are you feeding yourself daily? Yeah, you're feeding yourself something. 100%. You Spiritually are, you and emotionally. Are, you are 
drinking and eating of something mm-hmm. daily. Yeah. Is it going to be from Christ or is it going to be from the world? Is it going to be what you think the kingdom should be or what you want it to be? Or is it going to be what Christ says it is and who he is? Right. So how are you feeding yourself? And look, I mean, we're this is August 2020. We're going to date ourselves on our very first podcast. Just going to say we're at we're in the middle of this pandemic, right? Like we are in this deal of feeding ourselves something. Yeah with social media with this sometimes a lot of us have a little more time on our hands than normal Uh because maybe you're not going to work but if you're like us we each got three kids (laughs) we're not just sitting around watching tv all day like we got we got things to do but again being too busy being not busy there's always this deal of what are you feeding yourself spiritually to help you grow yeah to help you mature because yeah. that's 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 100 what we're called to do um and again jesus uses that deal of food and thirst because yeah. we can get it yeah we understand that so we're gonna skip ahead a little bit but like go back and read this whole chapter six and john because mm-hmm. this conversation continues to escalate they keep challenging him on these statements he's making and he keeps coming back with them a little bit stronger every time but it culminates in this really sort of graphic um statement by jesus and this is in 53 this is sort of the climax of this interaction um with these uh people and he says so jesus said to them truly i tell you and he's gonna get Real, real right here. He's getting, he's, yes. (laughs) Truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you do not have life in yourselves. The one who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day, because my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. The one who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in him, just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, So the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. It's not like the manna your ancestors ate and they died. The one who eats this bread will live forever. Whoa. So there's a lot of stuff to unpack right here. And it's thick. So he, off the bat, is like, you got to eat me. Yeah. You want to talk about food? You want to talk about these things? You want some miracles? Yeah. Let's just get down Let's just get yeah. down to the point of it. When you mentioned this earlier, this like, um, we just we just cannot hear this in the way that they heard it. Yeah. We hear, eat my flesh and drink my blood. We hear my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. drink. And we immediately connect that to hundreds of years of church culture where we, we yes. connect that to the communion we celebration. In our, in our tradition, we take it every, every week. Every week, right? Every week we... Th- we take communion and, and and you're right. There's, we can't, I can't read this and not, separate it, and right? not put, Oh yeah. Well then communion, cause this is the bread. This is my body. This is the blood. This is the juice right? yeah. it represents the, the, that represents my blood. But we're to, like, yeah, yeah, sure. I got it. But for them, they're like, uh, what, what did he just say? It was probably, it was probably extremely shocking to hear someone, a teacher yes. saying this. And honestly, like probably a little disgusting and offensive. You know, like when you read those words, it's like, eat my flesh and drink my blood. What? You a vampire? What is happening going on now? Right? 
Um, but what it comes down to, what it all boils down to, mm-hmm. is that they wanted to turn Jesus into something that he wasn't. They wanted to eat. They wanted to be fed. They wanted yeah. to be full. But Jesus wasn't their golden corral. This, he wasn't the, he <laughs> he wasn't wasn't the buffet. The, he wasn't he, the Chinese buffet. He wasn't Mr. Wang's, and he wasn't... Uh, he which wasn't, is a local... <laughs> Which is a local here in Homewood, Birmingham, Chinese restaurant that we actually frequent. If you don't, it's know, about three minutes away. It's literally right down the road from where we work. So, but he's yes. not—he's not their buffet. He's not their supermarket. No, and he's not their magic man. Which is what they want, right? And we still do that today. How? how? Right? Yeah. How often do we? What are we trying to turn Jesus into? Jesus, can you do this? Jesus, can you do this? You know. We talk sometimes about making God like this ATM, ATM God Jesus. of being like, hey, hey, do this for me, please. Quick. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I need help on this. I need help on that. Please heal this, please. And we kind of go to him and he's just like, hey, I'm much more than yeah. just your get out of jail free card or this. I want a cool sign or a cool trick. Yeah. What, what I love what he says here. He says, uh, uh, this is the bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread the fathers ate and died yeah they're like show me these signs give me these miracles we want manna from heaven like our grandfathers, like our ancestors and all the fathers had and he goes oh i'm not like that they <laughs> ate it where are they now dead they gone <laughs> this is different i'm yeah. talking real stuff here yeah um and just kind of puts in the light this is a we may do this way down the road, but this is one of those hard sayings of Jesus. Mm. Not so much the I am the bread of life, but that but that statement there is you want to truly know, eat me. Yeah. Drink me. And yeah. they're like, uh, say what now? Did he just say what I thought he said? Yeah. It's a tough Yeah. Totally. Tough deal. So I think I think a, a major issue that we need to be aware of in our modern church culture, but clearly not even that. Like yeah. this spans back to the beginnings of our faith is trying to turn Jesus into something that he's not. What Jesus says in this I am statement is, you think you need food, you think you need water, you need me, right? Jesus isn't gonna be who we think we need him to be mm-hmm. or who we want him to be. He is who, who he, he is. is. He's the I he am. Is I am everything, right? And the question, so so why do we follow? Right? When Jesus said these things, the crowd goes poof, they left. <laughs> he he throws down on them, you think you need food and you think you need drink. You need me and they that that they said uh we that wasn't what they wanted. We got to get out of here. And so they turn and they leave him. And then I love this moment. Yeah. Good old Peter, man. You know, Peter's got some really high moments in Scripture. Some highs and some lows. And he's lows. got some low moments in Scripture. And, like, that's that's all of us. I mean, I don't know if we ever get yeah. as high <laughs> as Peter got. Yeah. But we certainly get as low, you know, in yeah. our moments of fear and denial. Um, but this crowd, they say, this is a hard teaching. Like, who can accept this? And they leave. And then Jesus, he turns and he looks at his 12, his core group, his inner circle. And he says to him, and, and I don't think this was like a, like a, 
like a hypothetical question. I think Jesus is genuinely asking them, Yeah. Aren't you going to leave too? Everyone else just did. Everybody else left. And he looks at the 12 and he says, What about you guys? Aren't you going to go away too? And then I love what Peter says here. Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom will we go? You have the words of eternal life. We've come to believe and know that you're the Holy One of God. Man. He just drops it. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's right there. And, and you could see, whenever I read this, I, I've, I feel like I could see Peter being like, Yeah. Where else, man? Where are we going to go, man? Dude, you're it. Yeah. Jesus, you're it. We know that you're the Son of God, and we are boneheaded, and we're not going to get everything completely right. Yeah. But there's nowhere else for go. We we, it is a ride and die moment. Yeah. And we're going to be here with you because, there's nothing else worth going towards. Yeah. I mean, and they're right. It is a hard teaching, like, it's a, this particular I am statement is about priorities. Yeah. And. How am I ordering the priorities in my life? Do I follow my stomach? Yeah. Or do I make filling myself with the bread of life my priority and then trust that he's going to fill my needs? Yes. That's a hard teaching. Not this need and want. Yeah. Right? This, this back and forth of, I need this, I want that. No, 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 no. We, yeah. we, we need Jesus. Yeah. And we should also want Jesus. And a lot of times our want is I want if it's a societal status or a bank account or mm-hmm. you fill in the blank. Right. We should turn our needs and wants should be the same and it should should be Jesus all the time. Right. I think that's what we're working to do. Yeah. We are working where every day, just like Paul said, this every day of like, just give me Jesus. Uh-huh. At the end of the day, if I have him, then that's all that matters to yeah. me. And that's a personal deal that we deal with that everyone deals with of having to personally mature and personally focus on that's all that I care about is serving him and living him. And that's my want. And that's also my need. Yeah. That's Um, a, that's a hard teaching. All seven of these I am statements are going to kind of have that element to it. It's a challenge to who we think we are. And yeah. it's a challenge to who we think God is. And it's a challenge to um, who is running your life. But just like Peter, I hope that we'll answer in the same way and say, yeah. man, this is a hard teaching. But you know what? Where else are we going to go? You've got the words of life. That's what I want. That's what I want to wake yeah, up every day what, and say. Right. Every day having that like question. Yeah. You going to go? You're like, Where? Where am I going to go? Nowhere. I'm I'm going to be with you. And, and I've what, tasted and seen I've tasted that this bread of life yeah. is, is sufficient. And I can't get that anywhere else. I can't go anywhere else. No. And that takes a submitting. That takes a surrendering. That takes a vision. Mm-hmm. That takes a, a, a all of that to know, okay. Yeah. Like, this is who I need. So, yep. Man, bread of we, life. Bread of life. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed one. episode one. We got a lot more of these, but we're going to yeah. have more of the I am statements. Um, Next time, it looks like we're going to be talking about I am the light of the world and I am the gate for the sheep. I'm particularly yeah, interested the gate, in the, the gate for the sheep. It's I'm like, come on. I'm ready to dig deep that into that one. It's going to be good. Well, hey, thank you all for joining us. Um, we hope that you. Um, 
we hope that you enjoyed it. We hope that uh, this was the in just some way it could just bless your day. Yeah. Go back and read John six. Read John six. Read John six. Read it all together. I promise you, you'll be blessed by it. Yeah. And hey, we look forward to seeing you next week. Subscribe. Share with your friends. Absolutely. And, uh, see you Absolutely. Next time. Yeah. We'll see you next time, guys. Peace out. Bye.